0: Hello everyone. I'm delighted to welcome you to the Power and Purpose Through Peace podcast. My name is Bully TV I founded Essence Coaching to help you reconnect with yourself, magnify your essence and reveal your magnificence. You see, to lead meaningful lives, we all need purpose. To fulfill our purpose, we need power. And to be truly powerful, we need to tune into a space of peace. My podcasts bring you information and inspiration that help you activate the power, purpose and peace you need to be the change you want to see in the world. Of course, in a happy, healthy and sustainable way. Power is an interesting word. It inspires a variety of feelings. Some may be excited by the prospect of power. Others may feel intense or mild discomfort. What is rare is indifference. At some level, we all wish to be powerful Somehow, ever may avoid being powerful or wielding power because they are afraid. In fact, Marion Williamson says in one of her most famous poems, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. She goes on to say, it is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous. Actually, who are you not to be? So what is power? Is it our light? Where is this light and where does it come from? On this podcast, we'll begin to explore what power means. I have the pleasure of having with me today two amazing ladies who we've heard from before, Molly and Celine, and they will be sharing their perspective. Selena Rocho is a fifth-year medical student studying at Imperial College London with a Bachelor in Science in Cardiovascular Sciences. She values growth, development, and positivity. Her passion for yoga and meditation led her to be last year's president for Imperial College's Yoga Club. Her aspirations as a future doctor are to promote lifestyle medicine and prevention within the NHS. She's also already making steps towards all of this by working on a health coaching online course, which will help healthcare professionals learn how they can empower their patients to take control of their health in positive ways. Celine, a very warm welcome to you. So glad you could make it. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Fantastic. Now, Molly Aldis is also a fifth year medical student at Imperial College London. Not only does Molly achieve exceptional results, but has also been the president of Medics Dance Society. Molly's interests include multimedia and performing arts. She values honesty, integrity, and loyalty, and is passionate about the spread of mental health awareness. This led her to Achieving a Bachelor of Science in Neuroscience and Mental Health from Imperial College London. Molly, absolutely pleased you could make it too.
1: Hi, Bolly. Thank you for having me. So, ladies, how are you this evening? Good, thank you. How are you, Bolly? I'm
0: so, so pleased. And I'm very excited (laughs) because I want to know what both of you understand the word power to mean. I mean, what does it mean to both of you so I'd like to hear from Molly first on this one
1: I think it's a really big
0: question (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um,
1: for me power means being free to speak how you want to speak and it's also knowing that you're going to be heard Mm. I think that it's about having confidence in what you're expressing and the message you're sending whether or not it's a good A message or a bad message, a positive or negative message, and I think it's an understanding that you can cause change, whether that's a small change for one person, a big change to a nation. And I also think that when you ask this question, the first word that came to my mind is responsibility. Mm. I think it's understanding that you have responsibility for a person or or a you know situation, and I think that actually the responsibility is the thing that stands out for me with power
0: wow that that was a very impressive response and so many things came out of it for me and let's start with responsibility so are you saying that without responsibility without taking responsibility then there is no power
1: I think that you can be blindly powerful and Mm. tell people that you don't take responsibility for things that you do but I actually think that makes you have no power at all I think power is owning mistakes and it's owning successes. And I think that both of them is responsibility for what you're trying to do.
0: Yeah. Wow. Very, very nice. And you also said something earlier about freedom. Mm-hmm. So really honoring who you are and expressing it with confidence, mm-hmm. irrespective of how the world may choose to see it, bad, good, negative, positive, etc., etc mm-hmm. and being heard which is important because many people feel they don't have a voice, mm-hmm. which is sad. I think it's, I can truly understand why you might've taken that angle because it is truly, it's a horrible feeling, I suppose, when you feel that you're speaking and nobody is listening or nobody understands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. And that's
1: why I think that that's that.
0: why power is privilege as well. Yes. Yeah. So power is privilege and responsibility. Mm-hmm. And freedom. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> lovely, lovely. All right, thank you for that. How about you, Celine? What's your perspective on power? What does that word mean to you?
2: So, for me, the two themes which came to mind were both love mm. and trust. Mm. So, with regards to the love, I personally believe that when you act out of love rather than fear, you're powerful. And that behind acting in fear is usually cowardice. And then for the trust part of it, when I think of power, I think of when I have trust in the higher powers, whatever that means for you. So for me, Mm -hmm. it's the Lord. For some people, they might have their own beliefs of what a higher power might mean. But I think mm. when you have trust in this, mm. the fear in itself reduces because it's, mm. you, there's almost a reassurance that with good intention, the right thing will happen, even if it might not be in the way you expect.
0: Mm. That's so beautiful what you said. And as you were speaking, an image of something I'd heard before came up which is imagine that we're all waves in the ocean or the sea, right? And um, let's use the ocean. And basically we can either feel connected to the whole of the ocean as that wave. And then the the power of the whole ocean moves us, right? Mm-hmm. And if, however, we're disconnected, and as you can imagine, I suppose you you become a puddle. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have the momentum any longer because you're separate from all that, you know, should give you that power. So the separateness or the disconnection, which probably could be induced by fear, um, weakens whilst the trust and connection induced by confidence, love, Mm. strengthens from what you said.
2: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm.
0: Beautiful, and I suppose all of us must have been in situations where we were in a group and um, we felt that there was either an issue, and we didn't feel connected with the rest of the group or with certain people in the group. I'm sure we have also felt that, in some cases, this felt like we didn't have a strong position.
2: Yeah, like imposter um, syndrome.
0: <laughs> it could. No, that's exactly a great point, and I think that's another podcast by itself. <laughs> <laughs> um but yes that could be it but also everybody likes to feel connected and supported and heard um like Molly was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Very very interesting. So those are really beautiful responses ladies. What I'd like to know now is are you comfortable with power? Um Celine? So
2: for me I mm-hmm. would say yes I am comfortable Mm -hmm. with power but the reason is because that I know that in my heart I carry good intention and I always try my best to be fair. Mm. I would say that um, the most power that I've ever personally experienced was Mm -hmm. um, when I was yoga president for the Imperial Yoga Club last year and Mm -hmm. I felt that I thoroughly enjoyed the role and one thing it really mm. taught me was that it is possible to have power and yet still be at equals with your team mm. members
0: oh that is so interesting what you said there so a leadership style which is very inclusive
2: yeah exactly
0: almost like the, the, the round circle yeah not like somebody oh that that's very interesting hmm And how did you find your team members responded to this style of power or style of leadership? I think they very clearly perceived it
2: because one thing I always Mm. like to do is receive feedback on myself to know if there's any improvements. So after the year ended as yoga president, I created um, like a feedback form I sent to both the yoga instructors and the committee that were working with me and Mm -hmm. a common thing from the committee was that they said they really enjoyed it that they felt that their opinions were heard and taken into consideration Mm -hmm. and I would also Mm -hmm. ask for their opinions so it wasn't just it wasn't as such it wasn't as a dominating role as such where I would tell Mm -hmm. them what to do obviously some Mm -hmm. instances that's required But if there was a decision, it would often be an inclusive thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And actually, you learn that you don't always have the best answers. But by actually Mm -hmm. letting go of, I guess I was about to say, letting go of that power in terms of being Mm -hmm. the sole one making the decision, you can Mm -hmm. get a lot
0: more inspiration. How interesting, because... Some people think power stems from being the one doing everything or making all the decisions. Mm. And some people also even think it stems from the role. But it may not be there. It may not lie there, at least in this experience that you have um, just shared with us. Um, Because I suppose, why why do you have the power? There's a purpose to it, was to lead. Mm. And you've done it effectively. And people were happy about that interaction. So something must have gone right I suppose <laughs> <laughs> all right Molly what's your perspective or oh, I mean are you would you say that you're comfortable with power
1: I think that um I it's changed throughout my life I think mm-hmm. that when I was younger I in, I like relished in power because it makes you feel grown up it makes you feel like mm. you're responsible for things and you know, people are listening to you and it makes you feel like an, a fully grown adult. And as I've got older mm. and I've realized what power means, I, mm. I feel less comfortable with it. I think that mm. it can make you feel strong and it can make you feel good, but it's also a pressure. And I think that the mistakes you make when you're in a position of power resonate a lot more than mistakes you make, which only affect yourself. And I think Mm -hmm. that actually, in response to Celine's kind of story about managing the Yoga Society, I Mm -hmm. obviously ran the Dance Society, and I actually feel like I started out thinking, uh, having a perception of power, and actually, Mm -hmm. I left feeling powerless. I actually think that running, managing a team of people made me feel less powerful Mm -hmm. than going about my daily life, which sounds weird, Mm -hmm. but I think it's mm-hmm. because when you run a team of people, you're, you're effectively there to make sure that everyone feels supported within your team. As soon as one person mm-hmm. falls out or has a life event that means that they can't carry on, the mm-hmm. power is completely taken away from you. As much as I need that person to make my, whatever I'm doing, carry on, if they have to go and do something else, ultimately, they have no obligation to stay in your team. And I think that's what I struggled with when I was in a position of power is being able to take the losses and working out what to do next. And I think in situations like that, you can feel powerless.
0: Well, that is, that's also a very interesting theme that we could explore, because sometimes in leadership positions, we sometimes... Take on more mm-hmm. than we should, yeah. Because if you think about it, there are things that you can do, mm-hmm. right, and there are things that you cannot do. And as long as you're doing what you can do, I suppose but this is an art, this is a whole life philosophy, and I'm not saying I've gotten it down to a T. But I can just say that I'm definitely exploring more and more this understanding of surrender and allowing. <laughs> and um, because I suppose maybe we're not, what, what we're talking about may not be power now. It may be control. Yeah, Have I touched on something? <laughs> well,
1: I think everyone who knows me knows I'm a bit of a control freak. <laughs> but I think, I don't yeah. know. I do think it is power as well. I think... Uh I think it's about for me it it is relinquishing control Mm -hmm. I find really difficult Mm -hmm. I I will hold Uh my hands up to (laughs) this but I definitely think that sometimes when the ball is in someone else's court
0: that is an uncomfortable
1: feeling it's uncomfortable to know that someone else can take that and ruin Uh it something that you feel passionately about
0: molly i get you so well you, don't understand. <laughs> you are speaking to let's just say a, a recovering control freak
1: hi my name is molly and i'm a control freak
0: <laughs> hello my name is Molly. i've been there no it's but that's this is a very interesting thing though because we're talking about power and I think people who are, or let's just be, be nice, people who feel the need to be in control somehow think control is power. But is it? No. Question. I mean, this is, we can explore this. And I think it's not something I want to necessarily dive much deeper into. But control or the illusion of control, I think is what we should actually, we, we can go, go mm. and say it. It's not necessarily where power stems from. Mm. And so depending on where we feel our power is, it may be that mirage that we never attain. But as we learn to understand what it truly is, we may understand that power has nothing to do with whether another person is behaving as we want them to be, or you know what um, Celine said, how things may work out differently from exactly how we expect, but maybe it's still okay. And I'm not at all going to tell you that I'm fine with oh la di la di la. I want something in this way, and oops, it comes out anyway. And I'm fine. That's 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 not me. It's just not my personality type. <laughs> of... <laughs> However, I have learned um, that sometimes you just need to know where what's extremely important, what's essential, and where you can be next if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, um, and we're not going to go to a coaching. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> but that was very, very, very interesting there. And so I think in terms of the question, are you comfortable with power? Um, we had two different responses and your response. I think Molly was maybe the question was, was it power you're talking about or relinquishing control and is relinquishing control a loss of power and maybe it is maybe it isn't um we can leave that open but i think this this podcast is going to actually turn into several podcasts the way it's going. <laughs> <laughs> we have quite a few things to look at there um but i think for people who are listening you may want to examine is being in control required to feel powerful um and if we, we're going to control anything or master anything can we really be in control or master anybody but ourselves? Another question. Um, and if we're working on ourselves of self mastery, um, emotional intelligence, etc., 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 then yeah, then we have all the power. But as soon as anybody else is involved, really, Molly, um, well, you're completely right. There's nothing we can do about it.
2: Yeah.
0: Even in a even in a situation where you're a manager, the person works for you, you're paying them, etc anything can happen i think a great example is this covid business because think about it i mean (laughs) what what can what can anybody do Mm. we've we're all being forced to surrender to what's going on and adapt to it
2: i think that is something that really a lot of people find challenging
0: because they Mm -hmm. just have Mm -hmm. so
2: so little control over it even yes um even the people who are kind of putting the legislation in place or the rules in place Mm -hmm. also have Mm -hmm. little control over because obviously the virus isn't visible it's not anything that humans Mm -hmm. are controlling
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely but what's interesting there is we do have power because we can We have the power to decide to be grateful or not grateful, the power to complain and moan all day or to find opportunity. So again, it's about that internal conversation that we're having um, with ourselves um, and maybe the external conversations we're having with each other as well. So my question, my next question um, is um, to you, Celine, this time, has there ever been a time when you were not comfortable with power? Um, So, I
2: I mean, I don't feel as (laughs) though I don't think I've been in that many positions of power in general. So I am going to take it back to when I was um, the yoga president. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, there is power in terms of myself, but I'm thinking more externally in terms of controlling the more of the responsibility um, aspect that Molly touched upon. So there was one time, as the yoga president, when I first went in, um, I was reviewing the yoga instructors and there was one instructor that I felt um, the club should no longer have. So I remember feeling really bad um, relaying this information to the instructor because I don't actually know to what degree on the scale that teaching that Mm. class was of value to, to the person. Whether it mm. that was financially emotionally or um and so I think from that aspect, I did feel quite uncomfortable with that because it was I knew that my action was directly affecting someone else in a potentially negative way
0: mm. I, I completely see what what you mean, which brings back to Molly's point earlier about power and responsibility, yeah. Mm, yeah it's interesting though that, the, that both of you associate the word power with positions if you see what i mean mm. um some may argue that it's much broader than that that you don't need to be in a position to feel powerful um but yes it it, it just picked you up. you know that, actually that's so interesting because
2: I um, uh, hadn't even clocked on to that until you've mentioned it mm-hmm. and I'm even wondering mm-hmm. if it's to do with the fact that we're both studying medicine in hospital because I feel like mm-hmm. in hospital sometimes as a medical student mm-hmm. you can feel a bit like lost in the busyness of the environment um, mm-hmm. because obviously you have junior doctors then you have a bit more senior doctors and then you have consultants. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in that aspect, there's a lot of um, hierarchy.
0: So are you saying you're the bottom of the pecking order?
1: I mean, it does, because we're still, I guess we're trainees, (laughs) so. Do you know what's really interesting about the point you just made? Is when I was Mm -hmm. thinking about power, knowing the theme of the podcast, Mm -hmm. I actually thought about my position in hospital, and I did think like you think, Mm -hmm. but actually... I looked at myself Mm -hmm. as very powerful in a hospital Mm because I think that patients look at you as a powerful person, a powerful presence Mm -hmm. that can bring about change for them. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's why I thought about responsibility is because I see the people who look at me, even if I feel powerless, they think I'm powerful. And I think that it's important Mm -hmm. to act confidently and even if you don't feel like you have power acknowledging that you do have power in that situation and that your responsibility for the patients that you have um, kind of outweighs your anxiety. Yeah. That is That's true. kind of how I think about it.
2: So I actually, that is actually wow. a good point. I hadn't thought about that and you're absolutely right. Cause as a patient, they do put trust. It's a mm-hmm. trust thing because technically their health mm-hmm. is in your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. then the other side of it is that as a medical student, we technically don't have any um, power over Authority. the decisions for that person's health because we haven't got mm-hmm. our general medical counsel certification to say that we're actually mm-hmm. a doctor qualified to
1: do that. But then I open up a, I'm up. going to open up a question, boy. <laughs> Sorry to like <laughs> yeah. go oh, please in do. Please do. Um, please do. But that then opens up the mm. question do you have to mm-hmm. actually be in a position of power to be powerful because yes. although we can't do exactly. anything we still definitely influence change and That's you true. can like for example yesterday in hospital I went to m and for a patient and I bought her a salad that she wanted to buy but she couldn't go down the stairs to get mm-hmm. oh, although mm-hmm. I made no change to her health <laughs> that might have been the best thing that happened for her that day yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that, is, mm-hmm. uh, that is a position of privilege as well as a position of power.
2: Yeah, because technically you did have power in that situation to kind of decide what was going to happen. If that exactly. woman, if she would have the lunch that she wanted or not. Exactly. And, yeah. and I
1: think that that's what I mean is like you don't actually have to have power and be able to like cure the world <laughs> to actually be powerful.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, I'd say that you do need power but you decided to use your power to make somebody stay brighter, what you may not need is mm-hmm. authority. Because what you're talking about in a hospital or in any organization is the hierarchy and with hierarchy comes responsibility and a certain authority, et cetera, et cetera. But, and many people don't realize this. Of course, of course, there are consequences, but the CEO can tell you to do something and you refuse, you mm-hmm. say no. You may get sacked, true, or there may be consequences, but technically, except it's in a, I suppose, mm-hmm. kind of weird environment, the person cannot force you. Mm-hmm. So we're, all, we're always exercising our power to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So never forget it, ladies. You, all, you have the power yes, we do. To, to, inf- to influence people, to, to change people's days, to ask questions, to choose to see things in a certain way what you may not have right now and which is probably normal because you're not yet completely qualified is the authority yeah so nobody needs to listen to you but they may listen to you if they like the way you're saying it if it sounds smart if they like you etc cetera, etc cetera, which has nothing to do with your rank but everything to do with who you are and what you're yeah. saying your power i entirely. think it's
2: to do with respect as well when someone mm-hmm. respects you um I feel like that in a
0: way is hmm. giving a form
2: of power to someone.
0: True. That's also but this is also interesting because you ladies have talked about power in different occasions as how people are perceiving you, respecting you, seeing you as, you know, trusting you, etc. But this is probably something we could discuss some other time as well, which is does power come from outside or does it come hmm. from inside? It's a question. Are we given the power or do we decide to take it and to use it, to stand in it? Now we've explored some interesting themes. It's time for a short break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back for the Power and Purpose Through Peace podcast. Now, I would like to explore the relationship between power and peace. So I'm sure you all know Mahatma Gandhi. And he said, the day the power of love overrules the love of power, the world will know peace. Now, this is very powerful. I I find that quote just incredibly inspiring. I'd like to know your thoughts on this. Let's start with Molly. I think this quote
1: is quite big. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it, it says so much. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that when I hear this quote, um, mm. w- as you've said, that minus Celine's minds have gone directly to authority. Um, mm. As soon as I hear the word power, I think of powerful people. I think of, you know, Mm -hmm. Donald Trump, Boris Johnson, you know, all them big politicians and businessmen. And Mm -hmm. um, and I Mm -hmm. think that then it makes me think, oh, this could never be, you know, feasible, that this would ever happen, you know, that the world would ever know peace Mm -hmm. if these are the people that are in power. And not everyone, of course, we have good people in power. Um, Mm -hmm. But then I, when I think about it more, I realise that I'm thinking too large scale. And I actually think that Mm. you, if you're a sibling, a parent, a friend, you have power on people around you because people ultimately respect Mm. you and love you. And I think that in times Mm. where you have real turmoil in your life or a really horrible situation, like a loved one passing away, your family come together and in love, extraordinary things can happen and you know miracles can happen and I think that Mm -hmm. that I would like to think that that's what Gandhi is saying in this quote that Mm -hmm. that love on a small scale can have big Mm impacts and it's not necessarily convincing the dictators to stop dictating and to love a bit more it's actually finding love in your community and then you will feel powerful and I think in them moments when you're with your family and your loved ones you do feel at peace or at least I feel at peace when I'm with the people
0: I love yes Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I like that I like that going Mm -hmm. from macro to micro which also allows you as an individual to do something about it
1: giving yourself the power Mm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely all right celine what are your thoughts on that quote Um, so
2: there there are two things of the power of love and the love of power Mm. when i think of Mm. the power of love um giving comes to mind and Mm. humility as well but when i think of the love of power I think of ego and someone mm. and arrogance um so for me that it's just a complete they're just at the complete opposite ends of the scale and one brings a beautiful picture and the other one yes the person might feel good and 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 have that ego but at the consequence it's because they're making someone else potentially feel belittled yeah so that was what came to mind for
0: me interesting there so for you power of love is about giving and love of power About ego and we could say when we are egoistic then we are probably about the I ourselves and probably more into taking and acquiring yeah and giving which I suppose anybody can see would cause problems if we're going to you know conquer somebody else's land or take something that belongs to somebody else that cannot lead to peace um that's the opposite word um the way I see it, I mean, Gandhi's referring to the power of love and, you know, inferring that love is a powerful force, which it is, as Molly was saying. And he's not the only one who holds this for you. Martin Luther King Jr. in his Where Do We Go From Here sermon in 1967 said that power at its best is love implementing the demands of justice and justice at its best Is power correcting everything that stands against love. So we may ask ourselves, can love be separate from justice? And can actually, can you have justice without power? What are your thoughts on that?
1: I, when I hear this quote, um, I think, Again, there's so much information in such a small, you know, a small space. And it's very powerful, like it's Mm -hmm. a powerful statement. I know we're talking about power. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But I think, um, (laughs) I personally think that I view justice as something that's objective and absolute. And I actually think the best justice comes Mm -hmm. from being independent of power and love. Because I don't think you can be completely objective Mm -hmm. if you put your love in the picture or... As Celine says, if you see power as egotistical, then I don't think that you could be completely in- objective mm-hmm. when you're considering um, justice. So I think that that's really interesting. But I mm-hmm. also think that the best justice comes when it's driven by love. You know, for for example, prisoners um, who have been proved innocent mm-hmm. and go for a reappeal in court mm-hmm. and then end up walking free. Mm-hmm. There must be someone that loves them that has kind of pushed for that reappeal, and I think that's obviously an extreme example. And there's smaller wins, but I think for me, it's a confusing concept of justice uh, being related intertwined with love and power. Um, although when I think about it, I realise that actually they are all connected to one another. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That was a great self-control. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I would just like to know now, so what is the connection you now see? I
1: think that love strives for justice. And I think mm-hmm. that to implement, to implement justice, you need to be powerful. You need to be strong enough to make
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, bold choices and, to think, I know it sounds silly you need to be powerful to think about some things that you might have put behind you that's mm. what I think now
0: <laughs> No yeah it, it's very interesting because um, I mean, there are two ways of looking at it it's true that if you look at the average type of human love which is far from impartial then I can understand why you would say that that may not lead to good justice um but i believe that in this quote the love that martin luther king jr was talking about was probably Mm -hmm. a greater love which is all about equity and um giving each person what they needed and uh, you know the fact that some people say justice well not some people it is said Mm -hmm. justice is blind but I think it's more about being fair, it's not saying, oh, because you're powerful and pretty,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'll give you more. And because you're this and that, I'll give you less. But it is not because it is blind that it's not equitable, mm-hmm. which is interesting as well. But um, that's another beautiful concept I like to explore. But yeah, so what are your thoughts, um, Celine, on that? Um,
2: so it follows on, it's, it's quite similar to what you were just saying now. Because I was thinking Mm. back to what actually is love. And part of my interpretation Mm. of love is... Being... You're essentially... It's not necessarily making someone's life as comfortable and as easy for them as possible. But it's more about thinking Mm. what is best for that person to bring about the... the, Mm the best development or make them a better person which may not always be making Mm. their life as comfortable as possible um Mm. and when I think about justice I think that intertwines with it because I could say I don't know this is just the example that comes to mind but let's say I'm a mother and I have a child that does something they shouldn't have done I would see it as fair to for that child to have some kind of negative consequence whatever it is so that they understand that doing that thing isn't right um but then I also think in that that in itself is also love because you're helping them to better themselves so that they know that that's not appropriate and then they can they it's almost like helping to steer them in the right direction hmm. So that's my view on the relationship between love and justice
0: all right thank you very very much for that um so what's interesting is that we live in of course unprecedented unprecedented times and some people are being praised for heroism and for visible acts of service and that's really great um I believe it's important, however, to remember that sometimes our actions may not be grand and may remain un- unrecognized by, m- by many. We should, however, now remember the words of Leo Buscalglia, and he says, too often we underestimate the power of a touch, a smile, a kind word, a listening ear, an honest compliment, or the smallest act of caring, all of which have the potential to turn a life around. So are there any experiences that you'd like to share? Um, so uh, so I, I
2: grew up in a smaller town and then came to London for, um, for my university. And often in London, mm-hmm. people joke about being a Londoner and basically the Mm. connotations of being a Londoner is someone who is kind of so focused they're just going about their own life like they're just they have almost tunnel vision to get from point A to B or complete this then this Mm. then this on their own checklist and so often when you walk in the street Mm. everyone's face is so hard (laughs) in London just because there's they're so concentrated focused on you and so I thought, okay, I'm going to just test this out and see what happens. And I started doing this thing where I would just smile at people as I go down the street. And it was actually so interesting because a lot of people smile back. But it's just that people wouldn't necessarily be the one to instigate the smile. But when they see someone else smiling at them, it makes them smile. And it's, it makes you feel more connected with people. Because there's that brief exchange, even though it is short and it doesn't involve any um, speaking, but it's quite uplifting.
0: That's beautiful. (laughs) And you just never know how that will affect that person's day. It may be the only form of human contact that doesn't involve some buying this or buying that or having to be polite because of your work that they have. I think some people are a
2: bit surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I've smiled at some people and they almost look confused. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's just a bit of a rarity in London. (laughs) I feel like in smaller towns, it's a lot more common for people to even
0: say hi as they walk (laughs) past. It's interesting you say that. because A friend of mine, I just um, spoke with him and he basically... um, lives in Paris and he's telling me that, that with the um, lockdown they're allowed to go out for an hour every day and so of course in the area in which he lives less people are out and the people who are walking are the people who live there and now people are being cordial they're smiling mm-hmm. at each other they're acknowledging each other and so although it's another big city I mean Paris, London, New York, in um, Lisbon, Madrid etc etc um, all have the same I think kind of kind of issues we're finding more conviviality um as a result of the situation that we're experiencing at the moment so that was a very nice um um experience
1: how about i have two
0: things that i would like to say about this
1: (laughs) so firstly i Mm -hmm. feel like um too often negative things are said to people below you in a hierarchy and i i feel like everyone has experienced a time where they're striving to reach a goal but they're in they're on the journey they're not there yet Mm -hmm. and I think I'm definitely someone who uh feels negatively sometimes (laughs) and I tend to presume the worst so for example if every day someone told me oh could you just do this a bit quicker could you just get me that can you just do this The 5% of the time that someone's telling me to do something or to be better, I'll focus in on that. But 95% of the time when no one says thank you, but they are thanking you, or no one's telling you you're doing a good job when you are doing a good job, it's easy to forget about that. So I've, I've decided to be the type of person that says thank you and to say you're doing a good job to anyone I work with. And I feel like I would love for that to be returned to everyone saying thank you costs nothing saying you're doing a good job can turn someone's day around Mm -hmm. that's my personal opinion and I also feel sometimes Mm -hmm. when you say thank you people are shocked like in the same way when you smile Mm -hmm. at someone they can be shocked and I think Mm -hmm. why should anyone be shocked Mm -hmm. when someone shows gratitude Mm -hmm. um (laughs) if someone gets me a piece of paper Mm -hmm. why would I not say thank you if someone says they'll do a job for me because they know I'm stressed why would i not say thank you why would i not say that you're mm. doing an excellent job i think it's a very weird thing that we've normalized mm. and i'm all for being yes. more positive now <laughs> and the second thing i would like to say Beautiful. is i mm-hmm. when i was in high school years back uh i was under a head teacher that decided he didn't agree with elitism which obviously is great and i think that everyone in school should be given the same opportunities however he would have an awards evening for sports stars in the school he would have an awards evening for the arts stars of the school and although I partook in uh, extracurricular activities and I have won arts awards before um, my main kind of area was academia and I love learning and I love um, everything to do with academia and I was good at it and But for my whole life, I was never awarded for that because my head teacher disagreed with elitism in school. And I think I grew up with the idea that academia isn't a talent and academia isn't something you should be proud of because everyone gets the opportunity to be good at academia. But actually, it would have taken one person to say to me, oh, you're actually really talented at that or "Oh, well done for working so hard that's all I needed to feel like I was an, an untalented person and it came to getting into university wow. to realize that actually it's mm. you know it's impressive to be where you are and I just think that yeah. it's strange how one comment could have changed my outlook for the kind of nine years or however long you're in school mm. for um no one ever said it and I think that wow you know my love language is words of affirmation so I need to hear it (laughs) Um,
0: uh, so
1: yeah I think it's really interesting how words have so much power and weight and the power of positivity also is massive and you don't need to be telling someone all the time that you're amazing and I don't I don't think that anyone would, unless I could hire someone to do this, shout out to anyone listening, <laughs> to follow me around all day and tell me how great I am. <laughs> I, it could literally take one person a year telling me I'm oh, like I'm doing a good job or telling me that I'm getting to where I need to be that could change, mm. it can change your life. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. I love what you just shared because from what, what I mean, I'll just, you obviously experienced some level of pain, and you've decided that oh, you don't want anybody to experience that, and you're going to do something about it by saying thank you, showing gratitude, etc., etc. And um, and that's really, really beautiful because not everybody does that. Some people turn their pain into being victims and all sorts of things, and they never it never becomes anything positive. And you're so right. I mean, we should we should use our words to uplift others. But I'd say this. The first person we need to learn to uplift is ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we may need to want to watch the words we're using to describe ourselves. Um that that's 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 brilliant molly thank you <laughs> so much for sharing that <laughs> and, and by the way i think you just invented a new job so if anybody wants to go for the and you know the thing is the person doesn't even need to be that they can just call you every. You know, i mean voice notes say, are also okay you're <laughs> Absolutely. Write job description though, I, I think you Absolutely, this is a new job opening here. And I think some people you know, will be very um, good
2: at it. <laughs> Actually, when you were just saying about the first person that we need to uplift is ourselves, I thought I just wanted to um, mm-hmm. mention this because when I found out, I was very shocked. So it turns out that on average, every mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. something. I think it's between like sixty mm-hmm. to eighty thousand thoughts a day, and also on mm-hmm. average. Mm -hmm. i think the statistic was 80 percent of those are negative and when i found Mm -hmm. that out i was like no that can't be true like that's just not true Mm -hmm. and you start paying attention to things Mm -hmm. and you realize that actually even if it's like Mm -hmm. something really fleeting Mm -hmm. like oh why is it not sunny today (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) or something or anything Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um you start realizing that actually there are some negative things that seep in you don't even realize because they've become so normal and I think mm. hearing that um, hearing that uh, statement really made me aware and more conscious of that because mm. also sorry the reason I mentioned that is because sometimes negative thoughts are also about yourself, so it's good to be to be wary of that
1: too. This is gonna sound really silly, what I'm about to say, but please allow allow me for a second. Uh, <laughs> so we're very. Interested, I'm a big Molly, fan please. of RuPaul, <laughs> and I know this is gonna sound silly, but he says mm-hmm. at the end of every Drag Race episode that if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you mm-hmm. gonna love somebody else? <laughs> and that is true.
0: That's right. That's right. But well, you know what? I'll add to that. Um, there's, a, there's a quote I read recently, and I can't, I'm just not I'm just not going to try and quote it exactly, but basically it was along the lines of, we'll only accept as much love as we're able to give ourselves. And so if you love yourself at only 20%, I'm just giving this, it's just an analogy, then and anybody tries to love you more, you will resist it at some level. You'll sabotage it. You'll be like, oh, uncomfortable. That doesn't matter right. <laughs> I'm an imposter. (laughs) True. So this thing about learning to accept our power, accept who we are, honor where we're at, be kind and compassionate with ourselves, love ourselves, even though we're not perfect because nobody is, is actually probably the most important transformational tool ever. And another thing I've been, let's just say grappling with, playing with over the last few weeks is, this idea of when we say we don't like somebody or we don't like this and that external to ourselves, um, are we not projecting something about ourselves we don't like on somebody onto somebody else because we can't see it in ourselves? It's too painful. Have I have I said something no, out I of space? Think <laughs> it's good for thought. It's good for thought. And it, it's something that's quite interesting as well because and the way, once you recognize it, thinking oh my goodness so i need to go inwards and maybe i'll stop seeing it outside of myself yeah once i've resolved it inside of myself or once i've said look this is how i am and i'm okay and i forgive forgiven it. it's okay to be like this and mm-hmm. it probably irritates us less when we see it in other people um so yes it's, it's just very interesting so ladies this has been absolutely fascinating i think both of you will certainly <laughs> be on this podcast there's so many themes we need to explore um, and I'm certainly not forgetting the new job you can send your, your
1: CV to bobby
0: <laughs> <laughs> are you making Please do. Your <laughs> be, absolutely well I'm very very happy to <laughs> g- down- gather the CVs and we can do a little a bit of an interview <laughs> because as we, as we we now all know Molly will be a very happy person
1: brighten someone's day <laughs>
0: exactly exactly so um, everybody um, I'll simply like to say that um, why don't we now use our power in a way that does turn a moment an hour a day a week a month a year or a lifetime around if this becomes our purpose we will find so many ways of fulfilling it and as we do so perhaps find peace within ladies it's been a pleasure to have you on this podcast today thank you both see you very soon thank you all for listening and investing in your power and purpose through peace i'd love you to subscribe and share this podcast with others if you found it interesting I invite you to share your comments with me. Till the next podcast, I wish you many magnificent experiences.